Hello, everyone, and welcome to Train with the Coach. This is the show where I talk everything fitness, Ironman, triathlon, marathon, 5K, 10K, you name it, I'll talk about it. Nutrition. Today, I'm going to do something a little special. I'm going to teach my my Ironman friends out there how to build a 20-week training program. Um, as I go through this training program, I'll make suggestions on beginner, intermediate, and and uh, advanced athletes, um, how they should work, work the program, how they should train on the program, how many hours they should put in. little free gift for me, get a pad and a pencil out, and let's get started. Look, an advanced Ironman training program is designed for experienced triathletes who are looking to further refine, refine their skills. Excuse me. Um, this 20-week program will include some high-intensity workouts, but it will include high-intensity workouts for the intermediate and beginner athlete as well. So we're going to co- try to cover all the bases as I go through this uh, podcast. If you have any questions at, at the end of the podcast, when you get through listening to it, you can always reach out to me, prsfit at gmail.com. Uh, you can DM me on Facebook. You can text me at 631-640-5696. So away we go. So let's go into the first four weeks, right? In the first four weeks, we are talking about building a base, right? It's all base building during that. You know, let's take a step back for a second. Right now, we're, we're pretty much going into the off season, right? And when I say the off season, I don't mean you don't do anything during the off season, but this is a great time to let the muscles repair from the hard work you did all year. So you don't want to kill yourself going out there and doing anything. I, you know, I see people out there running intervals for an Ironman that's next June or July, and I say, what the heck are you doing? I mean, you got to let your muscles heal. You have to let all that preparation you did for the past season recover. Look, even the pros take time off in, in, during their off-season. Heck, they take eight to, sometimes eight weeks before world championships come up just to let those muscles repair before they jump back into training. So be very cognizant of the damage that you've done to your muscles over the period of time that you've been training and racing in this past season. So now what I have my athletes do is I put them in strength and flexibility programs. Um, I like to do a, a lot of repetitions with light weight to build lean muscles. Look, lean muscle is a... Is a um, cow is, is a caloric inferno. Um, so I like to have them do a lot of lightweight stuff. So they're not going to do any damage, but they're toning their bodies up. And I think that's an important thing to do during LC work on your flexibility. Um, yoga is a great way to increase your flexibility as you get into your next training cycle. So there's a lot of things you can do now. You know, you want to work on technique, technique, technique. You, when you're in the pool, it's always about form. Being better, longer, stronger, faster. When you're on the bike, again, it's about balancing out your pedal strokes. And the one thing that always amazes me that people never work on is their running form. Look, your running form, your running form is one thing that's going to cause injuries more than anything else. So dial in that running form um, now. Uh, if you go to a clinic, if you go to a class, if, however you're doing online, if you want to send me a video to analyze, I'm more than happy to do that for you as well as your swim technique. So let's get going. So here we are, weeks one to four. We're going to be base building and doing a lot of strength work. Um, Monday is going to be an active recovery day. Now, I don't care if you go for a long walk. I don't care if you go for a swim, maybe easy spin on the bike. But you want to use Monday as an active recovery day during your training cycle and all through your training cycle. Um, Tuesday is a swim. Uh, in the beginning portions of the season, I like to have my advanced athletes jump in the pool and do workouts that go anywhere from an hour to an hour and 15 minutes. Uh, my intermediate athletes, I'll have them get in the pool and they'll go 40 to 50 minutes. And then the beginners, I like to get them in and just give them a lot of drills, a lot of form work so that they can get ready as they go through the training cycle to become a better swimmer. Um, on Wednesdays, I'll do a bike. My, my, um, excuse me, my uh, advanced athletes, 
I'll have them ride the bike maybe two hours on Wednesday. Um, I like, again, right right now in these first four weeks, they're just long, steady rides. I like to ride, get them out there in the big chain ring. Um, that way, they're also building muscle strength and power for the upcoming racing season. On Thursday, we'll go out and do a run anywhere from an hour to an hour and 15 minutes for the advanced athletes, 35 to 40 minutes for my beginners, oh, 50 to 55, 60 minutes for my intermediate athletes. Friday, again, I kind of like using the beginning part of the season as a rest day. Saturday will be your long bike day. And all throughout the training process, Saturday will be your long bike day. Um, with my intermediate, my advanced athletes, I'll have them start out two-hour rides. Um, everyone else, right around an hour, hour and 30 minutes as you're building that base going in the season. Sunday's long run day. Again, advanced athletes building base, all zone two runs in the beginning part of the season to get that cardiovascular strength up, develop more mitochondria so that there's better oxygen and blood flow through the body. And that can go anywhere from my advanced athletes from an hour and a half to two hours. And from my beginners and my intermediates, again, anywhere from 45 to an hour and 15 minutes. And that's, that's what you want to focus on. Those workouts all during the first four weeks, that's going to help you develop the strength that you need, the base that you need to get through the rest of the training cycle. You know, so now we've been through the first four weeks of the training cycle. And, and again, those first four weeks, you have no idea how important they are to your health, to your safety, to your well-being, and to your development as an athlete. Now, some people say, oh, God, I hate to run this slow. I don't care. You know, learn how to run slow to run fast. That's always the name of the game. Um, you can't get any faster if you're going out there every day and, and running as fast as you can because you've, you've peaked out. You've got to increase that base, and then you will put a cap on top of that base later on in the training cycle so that now you have the big base to carry that pace for longer periods of time. Uh, so we're going to end the weeks 5 through 12. Uh, we're talking about speed and endurance development. You know, for years, you know, we always said that zone three was the, was the no benefit zone. I don't believe that anymore. Um, I like to start giving my runners some zone three work very early in the training cycle because zone three is where most athletes are going to spend the majority of their time on race day. Whether you're a beginner, intermediate, advanced, you're going to get out on a race and you're going to be hitting that, that area. So you need to get the body trained to do that you need to get the body used to that kind of training so i'll throw in some i'll throw in some early season fart licks in there i'll throw some negative negative split runs in there not too difficult tempo runs yet till we get down the road a little bit but this is what it looks like again monday is going to be a light swim day an active recovery day you know maybe uh go for a long walk take the dogs out take the kids out whatever you like to do just to keep the juices flowing okay then we go into tuesday now we've up we've up the weekly swims to about an hour and a half for my advanced athletes, an hour to an hour and 20 minutes for my um, intermediate athletes, and an hour for my beginners. You want to increase the time of your pool. Like if, if I were to sit down here and, and really design a program for you, you know, I would say, okay, Monday or Wednesday, you're going to swim this distance. Friday, you're going to swim this distance and start putting things together. But this is just a general idea of what you should be doing to get through a 20-week training cycle. Wednesday, we're going to hit the bike again for three hours. We're going to put some hills in there, maybe some intervals, um, just to get start building more power, more strength um, as you go through your run. Thursday, the run duration is going to be another hour and a half, maybe. I don't like to get people out running too much when they have big weekends coming. I don't want, I don't want to take someone. I don't think it benefits anyone on a run day 
on a Thursday to go out and run for an hour and 30 hour, 45 minutes. When Friday, they're going to swim and maybe do a little bit of hill work. And then Saturday, they're going to brick and Sunday, they're going to go long. That's a lot of wear and tear on the average human being. And I'm sorry, but I always consider people, I don't consider any, tri any triathlete or Ironman an average human being to begin with. But your bodies are pretty much tuned in to not working too hard, too fast, too soon until you've built that base and that strength all up. Um, so Thursday's run which is going to be good. You can do a little tempo in that run again as well. Maybe some fartlicks again. And I love fartlicks. I think fartlicks are like the most fun to do. You can run telephone pole to telephone pole. Um, however you do it, pick a sign down the street that you really run to. That's going to take you two to three minutes. And then you walk for maybe or, or, or jog for a minute, a minute and a half. So fartlicks are a great way to develop all that zone, that zone three strength. We go into Friday. Now on Friday in the second part of the phase, in the five to 12 week part of the phase, we're going to throw a swim in in the morning. Again, my uh, advanced athletes are going to swim longer. Now they're swimming 3,500, 3,800 yards. Intermediate folks are around 3,000 yards. And my beginners are probably at about 2,800 yards. Then I like to do a start doing a little bit of hill work at this point in time. Now, too many people go out and do hill work the wrong way. In the beginning of a training cycle, in those first 12 weeks, you don't want to be out there bent over, hunched up, driving your legs up that hill. You want to get nice body form. You want to get a nice solid foot plant. Because again, these me, I call the medium effort hill workouts where you're getting up that hill, maybe mid to upper zone three and really dialing in the foot plant. It's going to strengthen the calves, it's going to strengthen the ankles, and you're going to keep the body erect just like you would on any other run. Saturday, we're now up to about four hours during this, during the five to 12 week peak times. Um, you're going to go anywhere from four, you know, start going four to five hours. You're going to get off the bike and you're going to run 10 or 15 minutes. This is where we're going to start getting the body used to making that transition from bike to run. And then Sunday again, um, a long run. I like to, if, if it's at all possible, and I know it's not always as possible, but you should be doing your runs on courses that are similar to your race. That way you're creating a tremendous amount of muscle memory for when you get the race day. So it doesn't go into shock. You know, for Lake Placid athletes, I always say, you know, everyone always talks about the bike at Lake Placid. I talk about the run at Lake Placid. You know, we all know who Heather Jackson is and how many times she's won Lake Placid. She comes back into town with that 1,500 feet of elevation gain, probably about a minute a mile slower than going out of town. So it's very, it's very important to, to be so race ready that you can train on courses. Say, hey, I'm going back into town and I got 1,500 feet of elevation gain. I want to practice that. I want to get my body and my heart used to that kind of stress on race day. You know, if you're running a flat course, you know, you're out there, if you're out there doing Eagle Man or, or um, Ironman Maryland, which Maryland, which really fast, which is really flat, I'm sorry, you're going to get to Ironman Maryland. And, and guess what? People always say flat courses are fast. <laughs> They're really not. They're more tiring because you don't get anything back. There's no downhill to coast to get something back. So you're constantly generating that effort. So if you're doing that race, you better get on a flat course. You better do your bike rides on a flat course. You better do your runs on a flat course to teach your body how to keep generating that energy all the way through. And before we go any further, let's take a look, a very, very, very serious look at what to me is absolutely the most, the fourth, it's, it's not only the fourth discipline, to me it's the first discipline of, of triathlon, your nutrition. You need to be practicing and dialing in your nutrition at every workout. You need to, when you go out on a long bike ride, let's say the first long bike ride, you go out, you bonk. 
you know, maybe two hours into the ride. And you can say, okay, why did I do that? What did I eat before? What did I eat during? What did I drink before? What did I drink during? You should be writing all of that down. Dialing in your nutrition during your workouts is as if not more important than all of your workouts. Because if the body quits, because it's not properly fueled, there's nothing you can do about it. I hear people talk about cramping on race days. And I say to myself, well, what did you do during training? You know, did you not know that you needed these extra electrolytes that you were going to get out there? So really dial in that portion of your training and racing. How are you going to fuel? What are you going to fuel on race day? Look, you don't want to get to an Ironman event and say, I'm going to start using the stuff that's on their table if you haven't used it at anything, any other time. They generally don't have such great supplies on their table. But if you're, going to, if you're going to use the food on the table, not carry a bottle or anything or any kind of gel that you might use or whatever you're using, then you need to find out what they're going to have on the tables for that particular race, and that's what you need to train on. Because on race day, you come around that table and you grab something that hasn't been in your system before and you start popping it in your system all the time. Guess what happens? The digestive system acts up. You start to get stomach aches. Next thing you know, you're sitting down on the side of the road because you don't feel good. So keep that in mind. So you're going to go into um, the, the end of the 12-week period. You know, we're going to gradually, in that, that 5 to 12 weeks, increase the length of bike rides, right? 4 hours, 5 hours, 6 hours. We're going to increase the length of the bricks off the bike. Um, that's, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, 50 minutes, an hour. You know, you're going to have that seven-hour day when you're out there at some point in the, in the course of your training with a six-hour bike ride and a one-hour run following it. That's really going to help condition your body for race day. Sunday, long runs are now up to two, two and a half hours, and that's for everyone. Look, everyone should be training by time and heart rate when you're running. There's no better way to condition your body. And I don't care if, if you're a beginner and you run three hours and you only go 13 miles and you're an intermediate and you run three hours and you go 14 or 15 or 16 miles and you're an advanced runner and you run three hours and you go 18 or 19 miles. Who gets the most benefit out of that? Everyone, because you're all on your feet for three hours. It's about foot time, and we're all different. We're all different levels of runners. So three hours for the beginner, three hours for the expert, same benefit. Don't let anyone tell you any different. Same benefit. You do not have to do 20-mile runs. I, I've been training marathoners and, and triathletes for 25 years now, 26 years. And I have to tell you, I don't think I have ever had, I've never had a runner except my 100-milers run more than three hours or three hours and 15 minutes. And I don't care how far they go. You know, you think about Rennie, who's probably one of the fastest females ever in triathlon as a runner. She never ran more than 62 miles a week. And she will tell you that I run hundred kilometers a week, hundred kilometers, not hundred miles, hundred kilometers, which is 62 miles. And you know what? She runs 250 off the bike back in her day. Something must be right about that. Right? So you got to think about that. And you really got to get focused on how your body recovers from these long workouts. If you're fueling yourself properly through the week, recovering properly through the week, and you get out there and you're fueling properly on these long runs, you'll be okay. You'll recover quickly. But trust me, if any coach says to you, you need to do 20 mile runs, run for the hill. That's the only thing place you need to run to is run for the hills because you don't need to do 20 mile runs. Think about this. The average marathoner, Average male marathoner, I think, is somewhere in the 435, 436 range, right? So let's say you go out and you're, and you're, that, you're that right at average or a little bit below, and you go out and do a 20-mile run. Well, guess what? You might be out there four hours. 
Now, it takes your body two weeks to recover from that four-hour run. You can recover from a three-hour run very quickly. One of the other things that we do here at PRS Fit, you know, some years ago, uh, my partner said to me, do you notice that in the third week of the training cycle, we're starting to see the words fatigue and this hurts and that hurts more? And I looked at her and I said, you know what? You're absolutely right. And we started going through all of our athlete logs and almost to a T at, in that third week, everyone was talking about fatigue and uh, do I need to recover more or I have an injury or this hurts? So we went to two-week training cycles. We went to two weeks on, one week off. And I highly recommend if you're going to structure your own program, do it that way. Two weeks of build, one week of recovery. Two weeks of build, one week recovery. And we found out in a very short period of time that our athletes were experiencing across the board 92% less fatigue and 98% less injury. So it's something that you should think about. Look, you're not, you're not, you're not T.O. You're not Miranda. You're not any of those pros who, who train like you know, crazy people. And they really don't train like crazy people because they're smart. They go out and do their workout. They go home, put their recovery boots on, lay around the house for a little bit, and then maybe go do another workout. You have a job. You have children. Um, you have an active lifestyle outside a triathlon. So to train like a pro does. And the original pyramids, you have to imagine when, when the original pyramids came around, about 1959, um, and then Dr. Lydiard really modified it in um, the early 60s, those pyramids were designed for elite athletes. They weren't designed for the everyday athlete. You're talking about coaches who were coaching world-class Olympians and world-class triathletes So because they're professionals. They get paid to do it. You don't get paid to do it. So let's say on, on Tuesday, you go out and you have a, a speed brick. You do an hour. You do an hour and 20 minutes on the bike and, and upper zone three, low zone four. You get off and you run... 20 minutes at 10K pace. Well, guess what? What do you do? You go home, you take a shower, you get dressed, you go to the office, you go to school, you got to run the kids around, whatever you're doing, more stress on the body. So try to think about that as you're building your training cycle. Two weeks on, one week off. I almost guarantee you'll perform better doing it that way. So now that we've been through the first 12 weeks, we're moving into race specificity training for weeks 13 through 16. Um, And that's something that you want to be very, very focused on. Again, I don't ever have an athlete work out seven days a week. Monday is always a recovery day. Always make Mondays your recovery days if you can. So on Tuesday then, I have them do a brick, and I start doing tempo bricks. And what do I mean by tempo bricks? Okay, so they're run, they're riding an hour, an hour, 20 minutes at a hard race pace, jumping off that bike and going into an upper zone three run because they're really starting to condition their body now for that transition period. And I'll do that with my athletes on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I won't run them on Wednesdays because think about it. They've already run 30 minutes on Tuesday, 30 minutes on Thursday. They're going to come up and they're going to do a big brick on Friday, on Saturday, which can be anywhere from a six hour ride with 45 to an hour to an hour run. And then they're going to run long on Sunday. So the rest of the week, those little brick runs are basically all you need as the amateur athlete. So keep that in mind during this, this period of time, during this big race peak time when you're getting ready. Again, a Wednesday swim. I like a nice Wednesday swim. Distances depend on your ability. The advanced athletes are over 4,000 yards now. The intermediates are close to 4,000 yards now. And the beginners should be around that 35, 3600 yard mark. Friday, Wednesday and Friday, you're going to swim. Saturday, you're going to do that long brick. All right. And in the first couple of weeks, it might be it might be five hours and six hours. You're never going to really ride more than six hours. 
Um, you don't really need to. Again, do you need to ride 100 miles? No. I mean, I, it's funny. I had a, I had a girl qualify um, for Kona. In fact, every time she raced, she was on the podium in, in five Ironman that she did in a tough age group, in that 30 to 35-year-old age group. And um, she never rode 100 miles. Her longest rides sometimes were 75, 76 miles. Um, so is it necessary to run 100? No. Can you? Sure, because it's not that much strain on the body, you know, to go those extra 20, 25 miles. So that's entirely up to you. I tell my people again, six hours. They say six hours. I say six hours. I don't care how much distance you cover. Six hours, your long bike ride. And then they get off that long bike ride and they're going to do that hour run. So now we've gone through pretty much the first 16 weeks, kind of a little guideline. You know, there's not a lot of specificity here that I'm giving you. I'm just trying to set you up with some guidelines that you can ride out and, and have a success story at the end of your day, right? And what is that success story in Ironman? Crossing the finish line. Um, you know, if you cross that finish line, it's a successful day. No matter where you're at, um, ability-wise, you, you can have a bad day, you cross the finish line, it's a good day. You know, you can have a good day, you finish faster than you ever dreamed you would go. You know, so those are things to always keep in your mind. You know, visualize, I tell my athletes as well, visualize, visualize, visualize see the bike course see the run course and most importantly see your goal time up in front of you that you're running towards on every workout because you'll get into that mindset that okay i hit mile 10 on the bike at this i hit mile 20 at this i hit mile 30 i'm really hitting everything i'm seeing and then you get off and you do the run the same way visualization is very 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 important to successful racing trust me folks so in doing the final couple of weeks um what are we doing we're, we're backing things down you know, now's the time you want to back things down before the race. You know, I, I've heard this said a thousand times, and I say it a thousand times. Better to show up on the starting line undertrained than overtrained. Um, so many people fail at their races because they trained too hard. They were overtrained. They trained right up until race day. And you'll see it. If you ever go to Lake Placid or one of the other races, you'll see people out there on Friday hammering the bike out on the race course. I say, what the hell are you doing? I mean, all they're doing is tiring out their legs. So you want to really be careful about about those last couple weeks of taper time. Again, you want to load the nutrition the right way. Lots of B vitamins. B vitamins help the muscles repair. And that's the biggest thing that you want to do in the course of, uh, of taper is get the muscles to repair. You know, you can do, I like to have my athletes go to the track and I have them do what I call 50-50s. You know, they'll run 50 fast, jog 50, run 50 fast, jog 50. And they'll do that for maybe oh, I don't know, five or six laps of the track. It's a nice, short, non-intrusive little speed work um, to get everything fired up. You know, race week, you're going to come into race week. You know, Monday again, on Mondays, I will actually have my athletes do something. They'll do an easy swim, though, not a hard swim, just some fast 250s, some fast 50s for 2,000 yards. Tuesday, they'll do a nice little 45-minute endurance ride where they're just spinning to work out those final kinks. Uh, Wednesday, they'll do a, they'll do a run and it's a short one, maybe four, four times 60 seconds at, um, a 5k pace with 60 seconds recovery in between. And there's going to be an off day. You know, you want to get to bed early. If you're racing on Sunday, you want to get to bed early on Friday. If you're racing on Saturday, you want to get to bed early on Thursday because you're not going to sleep well the night before the race. Sorry, no one does. Um, but I have to tell you, that's, that's a little bit about everything. Um, you, you want to write down everything as you're going through your training the meticulous attention to nutrition and hydration during your training, practice transitions, T1 and T2, so the body is used to that. Uh, listen to your body. Prioritize recovery. 
I can't say that enough. Your recovery weeks are the most important weeks in your entire training cycle. Really focus on that recovery so you stay healthy and you get to the starting line. I tell you, I, you know, I, I, I admin a big Ironman Lake Placid page, over 8,000 people on it now. And um, not enough people, I think, focus on that recovery part of their training cycle. And that really, really needs to be the most important part, especially in the end when you're tapering. Let that body recover. Get the nutrition going. Show up on race day with energy. Don't show up on race day with a body that's been burnt out from training too long into the cycle. Um, as always, I'll say, you know, seek guidance from a, from a coach. That's what we do. You know, it's when you, when, when, it, when, when Delta Airlines taxis in to the, uh, the hangar, the pilot doesn't jump out and fix the engine. There's a mechanic that does that. Um, coaches are like mechanics. They're the guys who are the experts at getting you through this. Um, I particularly am very hands-on with my athletes. I give feedback to my athletes every day on their workout. It doesn't, you know, sometimes it's just one word because that's who I am. But if I see something I don't like, I'm checking every day. The coach who gives you a planned workout and you get hurt on Tuesday and he hasn't read your logs and you keep running through the week, all you do is aggravate that injury. So make sure you're communicating with whoever that coach mechanic is who's helped tuning your body up for your race day. It's very, very, very important. Fine-tune your strategy, write it down, visualize it, see it, and get ready to go. Um, if you have any questions, please send me an email, prsfit at gmail.com. You can DM me on Facebook. Uh, you can send me a text, 631-640-5696, with any questions you might have. As always, be healthy, train smart, have fun. This is a Coach. I'll talk to you next week.